Well, good evening. Welcome to our uh, midweek service. And we're going to open up with a, a new teaching um, designed to feed, designed to feed. And I talked about it a little bit uh, on Sunday of what we, um, <clears throat> what I was planning to talk about, me and my wife having a conversation, you know, with God downloading uh, the scripture I'm going to read to you in a, in, a, in a little while. We're downloading the, the, the phrase, feed my sheep, and he had downloaded some stuff to her also, but he had gave me this insight to share. Let's go to uh, John 21. John chapter 21. We're going to start at verse 15. I can read the whole thing, 15 through 24, but I think I'll lock in on 15 through 17 for sake of time in this conversation. It says, uh, so when he had dying, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, loveth thou me more than these? And he said unto him, yea, uh, yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, feed my lambs. Key word is feed my lambs. He saith to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonah, loveth thou me? Right, so first time it was more than these, and he says, loveth thou me. He saith unto him, yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, feed my sheep. Shifted a little bit. You know, he said, feed my sheep. Verse 17, he saith unto him the third time. Three times are significant. Uh, Simon, son of Jonah, loveth thou me. Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus said unto him, feed my sheep. He repeated it again, feed my sheep. I want to read out of the Amplified. It says, uh, when they had eaten, Jesus said uh, to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? Meaning others, others, do you love me more than others do with reasoning, intentional, spiritual devotion, as one loves the Father. He said unto him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you, that I have deep, instinctive, personal affection for you as for a close friend. He said unto him, Feed my lambs. Feed my lambs. So when he was talking about lambs there, he's talking about uh, lambs are uh, baby sheep that are under a year old, right? So he basically said, Feed my babies. <laughs> And again, he said unto him a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Um, with reasoning, intentional, spiritual devotion as one loves the Father. He said unto him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you, that I have deep, instinctive, personal affection for you as for a close friend. He said unto him, shepherd, tend my sheep. So he was kind of focusing on locking into young adults. 17, he said unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me with a deep, instinctive, personal affection for me as for a close friend? Now, in the first two, he was telling him, do you love me as a father? When he got to the third one, he asked him, do, he love, do you love me like you've been saying you love me, Right? And Peter, Peter was grieved, was saddened and hurt 
that he should ask him a third time, do you love me? And he said unto him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. I have deep, instinctive, personal affection for you as for a close friend. Jesus said unto him, feed my sheep. Basically, he's saying, disciple, disciple them all. Disciple everybody, <laughs> right? So, so, so we're designed to feed. We're designed to disciple. We're designed to uh, make sure uh, everyone in the kingdom is nourished, right? And so, so it's interesting here how Peter was growing through a process with Jesus. And so we know uh, <laughs> earlier in his career with Jesus, he was like, Lord, wherever you go, I'll go with you. Whatever you do, I'll do what you do. Peter said before the cock, I mean, God said, Jesus said before the cock crow, uh, uh, twice you deny me thrice, right? You deny me three times. So we know the story how he denied him, you know, before the crucifixion and cursed and sweared. Three times. He, he had three opportunities to say, yeah, I was with him. And what? Three opportunities and he adamantly Denied him, and then the last time he went out his way to even curse and swear to deny him. So Christ was here was giving him an opportunity to cancel the threefold denial before the crucifixion. And so, but the interesting thing is, what I saw through this was Peter was present to get a second chance. So yes, he might have denied him three times, and he. You know, he could have felt bad about it, but he didn't let that guilt stop him from staying locked in. And he was in a, in a position to have a second chance to do what? Feed a sheep. That's what it was about the whole time. It was about doing whatever it takes. Christ was showing us how to give yourself to make sure um, the people in the kingdom get what they need. So he gave his life to make sure we got what we, not, we need. Scripture says he became... Uh, poor that we might be rich, that we might uh, that we might get fed to the fullest, right? And so you can see here, P- Peter was focused on his proximity, his personal connection, but he wasn't focused on his purpose. His purpose was to to sign on to follow Christ, who was designed to make sure our needs got met, make sure we were filled up where we were depleted through sin. Uh, something Trina was saying last week when we were talking about this, you know, to don't hold back where you were overlooked. Freely give. So, there's, so she was saying there's situations where, like, we've, uh, we've been hurt, we've been played, we've been betrayed. There's situations where we were overlooked. You know, that's, that's why it's so amazing when people, people, people have the wrong perception of, maybe groups of people or people that come together uh, and they click together, everybody's looking for a place to click in the flow. You know, as you grow in church, some people just connect, they just relate. But, but I watch people that get offended or feel slighted if no one included them, not knowing that God may have something special for them to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, and one of the things he might, what he might have special for them to do is to guide other people through that same process. But sometimes we're so busy looking at what we're going through, we're not looking at what we're going to. And everything in our life is about feeding others. Like uh, me and my wife, we're empowering, but personally I'm empowering because I've been around a lot of people that weren't empowering. 
Uh, I've been around a lot of people that saw goodness and greatness in individuals and they would, they would be insecure about it. They, they didn't know how to, they thought it was going to take something away from them. You know, as if it's only one purpose and one opportunity and one platform for us. And so God didn't make me that way. You know, uh, growing up for years, I was behind the scenes, you know, easy, easily ignored. And so even when I grew up in youth ministry, I'm not going to let nobody sit in the back. You know, I created a, uh, something I eventually want to do here. I created a talk show for the youth. It was uh, Did You Know? And, and so I had uh, a couple of youth were hosting it. But the, what we would do is we would grab youth that nobody knew. Uh, we need to do that for the church. Uh, and, and we would interview them ahead of time. And so, but they would be the panel. <laughs> and so the, the host, uh, actually it was Cornita Allen. You know, uh, the host would go like, okay, so start interviewing the person. So this person would be interviewed like they're, you know, they're the celebrity. Like, did you know? And then you will find out so many things about their life. But now this person's on the platform. People are finding out about their life, so they're no longer behind the scenes. So that was our way to transition them into uh, now being a part of the youth ministry as opposed to just being behind the scenes. You know, uh, we did that talk show, I don't know, every other month or so, but... Uh, but the Lord gave me that idea because I don't like seeing people behind the scenes. So what I was doing, I was just feeding them an opportunity to be connected. You know, feeding them, but I was able to relate because I've been in situations where I wasn't fed that opportunity, right? And so the scripture says in Matthew 10, verse 8, it says, freely has been given to us, so freely we should give. So it's about us. So, so God is constantly feeding exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or think into us, but, but we're, spo- we're supposed to be freely giving it out. We're not supposed to uh, restrain um, that ability to, to give to others, right? And so, so, so I, want, I want us to think about this particular thought here. Your ability to feed should be bigger than your ability to eat. Your ability to feed should be bigger than your ability to eat. And so what happens is if we don't, if we don't, we, we talked some months ago about being content with God. If we don't press in and submerge ourselves in being content with God, uh, where our cup is running over, we'll find ourselves spiritually thirsty and hungry. And so that person that's spiritually thirsty and hungry doesn't have enough to give. So anytime someone comes around them where they have to give something, they feel uneasy that they're going to lose something. You know, like if you, you know, if you just got a few dollars and you got people coming around and it look like they have a need, sometimes our advice is not really to give them wisdom. It's like, I don't need you in a position where you need money from me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So our advice is like, you need to, and it's almost like an urgency. You need to hustle up and figure out a way to get some money because I don't need you, you know, I only got a couple of dollars anyway. So I don't need you pulling all my money, right? And so sometimes we don't have enough to give. But worst of all, some of us are greedy, um, hoarding that which is meant for others. Not what you're supposed to have already, but sometimes we're hoarding that which is meant for others. Sometimes we're hoarding songs that's meant for others, skills that's meant for others, time that's meant for others, and funds that's meant for others, right? You know, it's like, you know, some people are great writers and, 
And, you know, I know people out here that are phenomenal writers. They just write for other people. They know those songs are not for them. They, they want to sing the song, but they're not. <laughs> they, got, they have the idea, but they don't have the voice, right? And so, but if you're operating on your design to feed, you'll, you'll realize it's a benefit for you to uh, share some of these things. You know, I was, I was thinking through... Uh, just meditating through Jesus' whole process with the disciples. So you remember he comes to them and, and he, uh, he uses the boat. He uses the boat. So basically he was teaching them how to get. This is with their major tool for what they did. He says, hey, hey, launch that boat back out there. Let me borrow that boat. So the so first thing he did was ask them to give of what was the most valuable thing to them, Right? And so then he preached, and then because they gave what was valuable to him, he says, okay, now launch back out into the deep. And they was like, launch back out to the deep. I don't think you understand, but we was out all day. So, so, so the response was, nevertheless, at your word, we'll let the nets down. And remember, the nets broke. And so that's significant because right, right before in, in, tw- in 21, John 21, we're still in John 21. If you go up before we get into him talking about feeding his sheep, in verse 7, it says, Therefore the disciple whom Jesus loved saith unto Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard it, it was Lord. He girded his fisher's coat. Oh, no, let's go up a little further. Well, I'm, we're not going to go up a little further. I'll give you the backdrop to this story. So Jesus is resurrected. They heard, people were hearing about Jesus. Some people saw Jesus. You know, remember uh, uh, Mary saw Jesus then you know, uh, Thomas says, unless I see him and touch, <laughs> you know, th- touch the holes, right? So here, this is the third time people are seeing Jesus, but they didn't recognize him because he was full with the glory. So you read through the story, you did it. so Jesus is talking to him, and they didn't recognize him. So he says, so he basically asked them, did they have any meat, any fish? And so in verse 6, he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and you shall find. Now, he didn't tell them to launch out, launch out into the deep like he told them. Early, he just said, just cast the net on the right side. So they cast their, they cast their four, and now uh, they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fish. So, so the same thing happened before, right? They drew a multitude, a multitude of fish. But uh, something I wanted to highlight here. Probably verse 11. It says, uh, Simon Peter went up and drew the net to the land full of great fishes, 153. For all there were so many, yet was not the net broken. So the interesting thing is the net broke when they first uh, was connected with Jesus. But in this particular case, the net did not break. Right. And, and so the difference here is, you know, because I was asking the Lord, how come the net didn't break that time? And so the first nets broke, indicating that they were they were not ready to handle the abundance of souls that was going to come into the kingdom. Because remember, he says, I'm going to make you fishers of men. Right. So they wouldn't be able to handle the harvest of souls that was coming in. Now, when you can't handle souls what does not handling souls look like? The inability to make sure they all get fed. 
You know, at church we always talk about people slipping through the cracks, right? You know, making sure people get what they need so they build the momentum. They don't just come to the altar, but they build momentum and they grow in their life and they have the same prosperous life, same opportunities, same breakthroughs, you know, same uh, purchases in the same homes, have the same promotions that some of you guys are experiencing. These people experience some of the same things, right? The second net showed that they were ready. They were ready to disciple. They were ready to fulfill their design to feed, right? So, so, so the, that, was the, that was the example of why the nets broke the first time and they didn't break the second time. Because nets represent the kingdom of God. So look here at Matthew 13. This land, a, found, a foundational work for design to feed, so we have an understanding. And I don't like to share stuff without, you know, because sometimes like, that's an interesting point. Where did that come from? But I like to give you scripture. So, uh, Matthew 13, 47. It says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a net that was cast into the sea and gathered of every kind. Right? So, I just didn't make that up. The net represents the kingdom of God, the ability. And look, it's cast out to draw people in. And it says people of every kind, of every nation. It doesn't make a difference. No respect or color or anything like that, right? And so the, the goal is for us to, to recognize what our responsibility in the kingdom is. Our responsibility is more about feeding uh, than greeting, as we, we talked about last week, right? Right? And so, so, so there's so many different situations in the Bible that talks about how people misappropriated what they had for others. You know, in Ecclesiastes 10 is an example. Uh, let me see. Let's go, let's go there real quick. It's just setting a little foundation for what we're going to jump into here in a second. But we've read the scripture at the church before. But it says, uh, verse 16, it says, Woe to thee, O land, when thy king is a child, and thy princes eat in the morning. Right? So eating in the morning is they're eating too soon. It says, it says, blessed, O land, art thou, when thy king is the son of nobles, and, and thy princes eat in due season for strength and not for drunkenness, or, or we could say, and not for greed. It says, by much slothfulness, the building decayeth, and through idleness of hands, the house droppeth through. Right? So, so, so here you have people that are in a position to lead and they get greedy and they eat, they eat first, right, when they're supposed to feed first. See, because the reality is if you're in a position where you're a feeder, um, God is going to provide for you. What he says, I give, you, I give seed to the sower, right, multiply, you know, uh, both to minister bread for your food and multiply your seed some, right? So God's going to make sure he provides for you. But the thing is, we have to feed first. I know we talk, around, talk about kingdom work first, which we'll get into here in a second. That scripture is in here, I know, in my notes. But we have to think feeding first, feeding first. And so, so it makes sense, Proverbs 30, which we've talked about recently here. Let's go there. Proverbs 30, verse 8. 
All right, so this is, this is uh, the wisdom chapter, but look, it says, remove far from me vanity and lies, deceptiveness and, you know, self-centeredness. It says, give me neither poverty nor riches. Look, feed me with the food convenient for me. Look, lest I be full and deny thee and say, who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and take the name of my God in vain. Right? So, so the scripture now makes sense. If I'm designed to feed, I'm requesting uh, to a level of fulfillment where I'm content enough to feed. Remember, we, we were teaching on content in God just a month ago. I'm content enough to feed. See, the person that's content doesn't mind feeding. Like, feeding is not a, uh, a person having uh, a need. Uh, and again, we're not talking about a, uh, uh, something that's inappropriate. We're just saying legitimately this person has a need to grow and, 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 and rise to a place of contentment and fulfillment, and we have what it takes to position that person to be there when you're content, you can do that. So the person elevating to a level of uh, gifting and stuff like that, and God has used you, keeping it real, in some cases you may be John. You could be preparing a way, you know. But you have to be at a level of contentment to prepare the way for somebody that's going to elevate beyond you. You know what I'm saying? But, and give them what they need without holding back, being concerned that, well, they're going to shine more than I'm going to shine. No, we're designed to feed. You're not designed to focus on yourself, protect yourself, cover yourself, and feed yourself. You're designed to yield and let God use you to pour out. All right, so we referenced it, so we'll go there. Uh, 2 Corinthians 9, 6 13. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 13, and I'm going to read it out of the Amplified. 2 Corinthians 9. Uh, verses 6 to 13. I says, remember this, he who sows sparingly, we could say feeds sparingly, and <laughs> he who sows sparingly and, and grudgingly will also reap sparingly and grudgingly. He who sows or, or feeds generously that blessings may come to someone. See, so you know it's feeding because it's it's what I'm doing is going to be, uh, it's, it's facilitating blessings to someone else. We'll also reap gener generously with blessings. It says, let each one give, or we could say feed, as he has made up his, up his own mind and purposed in his heart, not reluctantly or sorrowfully or under compulsion, for God loves, he takes pleasure in, prizes above other things, and is unwilling to abandon or do without a cheerful, joyous, prompt to do giver. Look, look, it just says, it says God takes pleasure in, prizes above other things, and is unwilling to abandon. You're going to, you need to remember that for later on today, but unwilling to abandon, look, or to do without. God is unwilling to do without a cheerful, prompt to do giver. Look, whose heart is in his giving. Basically, he lives to feed, right? And God is able to make all grace, look, every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance so that you may always, under all circumstances, 
whatever the need be, self-sufficient, possessing enough to, to require no aid or support, and, and furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. So he says that person can't outfeed God, supply. So whatever comes up, that person can't. That, you know, okay, I was about to jump into something else, but well, I'll just share it and I might get to it anyway. But that was the whole thing with the rich young ruler. He was being taught how to operate in design, how to operate in, in feeding. See, what did Jesus tell him? And he was being set up to be a disciple. He said, sell all you have. He didn't say this. Read through the scripture. You didn't see this communicated a thousand times to all through the Bible. It was said to him because he was more focused on hoarding what he had or building up what he had for his self-esteem. He said, sell all you have and give to the poor and follow me. But he, what he didn't realize, that day he would have learned the impact of giving at a great level of feeding, and he would have learned that, oh, my God, I just gave away everything I had. And not only did I get back that, but then some. Remember, we talked about this uh, with the other teaching, how the Scripture says if you give to the poor, you'll at least get back what you gave. But Jesus was trying to teach him, listen, you operate on my system, you won't have to keep do I, is everything still here? Do I got all the trees here? Is every okay? Okay, they still okay. They still there. You won't have to keep doing that. You can give away all the trees and come back, and there's more. <laughs> you look up and there's just more, and then you it, and then you give away all those, and you come back, and then there's more. As opposed to just as much. They still here? Ah, oh, oh, my babies. How you doing? Oh, God, it's still here. Oh. You don't have to go through all that. He was trying to teach him something, right? Teaching him that he was designed to feed, not to hoard. All right, so, so, so as it is written, it says, he, the benevolent person, scatters abroad. He gives to the poor. His deeds of justice and goodness and kindness and benevolence will go on and endure forever. Forever impact, right? And God, who provides seed to the sower and bread for eating, will also provide and multiply your resources for sowing and for feeding and increase the fruits of your righteousness, which manifests itself in active goodness, kindness, and charity. That's feeding folk. It says... It says, thus you will be enriched in all things in every way so that you can be generous and your generosity, as it is, administered by us, will bring forth thanksgiving to God. So the more you feed others, the more they thank God. It says, for the service that uh, the ministering of this fund renders does not only fully supply what is lacking to the saints, God's people, but it also overflows in many cries of thanksgiving to God. Because at your standing of the test of this ministry, they will glorify God for your loyalty and obedience to the gospel of Christ, which you confess, as well as for your generous-hearted liberality to them and to all uh, the other needy ones. You live to feed, and, and it facilitates, one, pulling more resources from God, but the biggest thing is thanksgiving to God. 
There's more people thanking God. Oh, my God, thanking God. What happens when, when you've been impacted? Someone supernaturally does something for you. The first thing you do is thanking God. So that person's benevolence has you thanking God. It's drawing you into a level of appreciation for God that at sometimes we could be inconsiderate about. So Proverbs 11.21, 11.25, Proverbs 11.25, it says, The liberal or the generous soul shall be made fat. He that watereth shall be watered also himself. So the generous soul, the one that lives to feed, lives in their design to feed, that person will be made fat because they can't outgive or outfeed God, right? Proverbs 22.9, it says, He that, that has a bountiful eye shall be blessed, for he giveth his bread of life, see, to the poor, those that are without life, right? So he, he gives life to those that are without life. He has a bountiful eye, not a scarce type of eye. He's always looking for the, what can I, how can I feed, how can I give? Basically, he lives to feed. That person in Proverbs 22.9 lives to feed. Let's look here uh, at Isaiah 55. So, so it's, it's the mindset that we have that God wants us to have, you know, just uh, to get, get over ourselves, you know, get over ourselves. Uh, don't, don't work so hard to protect ourselves. Scripture says be anxious for nothing, worry for nothing, you know, take no thought for how you, you know, you know, the clothes you have or the food you're going to eat. Uh, Matthew 6 talks about that, right? And so, so it's, it's trying to get us to a place where we can now lock into what we're purposed to do. We always talk about purpose, but it just starts with the... See, see that rich young ruler, that was just the beginning of him discovering ultimately what his purpose to do. We'd probably be talking about you know, reading through books he had in the Bible. You know what I'm saying? If he would have just embraced... Just the foundation. So we have to embrace the, the worldview of, of our design, and that is to feed. And so ultimately, God is pouring in words and revelation and things in our life, you know, just as Christians. You know, you get word and insight, and we have to share this word. You know, I remember I'm, as a young Christian, I would get revelation, and I oh, this is special, you know. I'm going to hold on to this one when I have an opportunity to really share and God, you know, God has somebody share. I've told the story before. Uh, this man of God came in and shared the whole revelation. I was like, well, how? I didn't talk to him. God said, I didn't give it to you for you. I gave it to you to feed others. And so, so we have to realize God has given us, he's pouring in for us to pour out, right? So Isaiah 55, let's go there, Isaiah 55. Again, we're designed to feed. We're designed to feed. And, and I think if we get this insight and this revelation, uh, it'll release some things. Because you have all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, but the, God has a, a, a storehouse and a resource for our purpose. You know what I'm saying? For what we're purposed to do. You know, um, but, we, but we want God to release it for our position or, or, or release it just so we can uh, gloat and look good. But that's not what the goal is. All right, so here at Isaiah 55, verse 10 and 11. We'll read out the Amplified again. It says, As the rain and snow come down from heavens, from the heavens and return not there again, but water the earth and, and make it bring forth 
and sprout, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, right? It says, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It says, it shall not return to me void without producing any effect or useless, but it shall accomplish that which I please and purpose, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. So he, he paralleled him pouring out his word to rain and snow coming down and causing things to bring forth and to sprout and, and, and producing seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So people being fulfilled, right? But he said the word is similar. Spiritually, it comes down and it does the same thing. It gives you more nourishment than just regular seed and bread. And it produces in you what, what you're designed to do, and we sprout, bring forth. When we sprout and bring forth in purpose and vision and the things that God planned for us, within what we purpose, purpose to do, there's seed that we sow into others, we feed others, and they sprout in what their purpose to do too. And so, so, so God set this thing up, but we, we have to really understand, man, that uh, we have to live to feed, right? We have to live to th- feed. So, so I was meditating on Jesus, uh, Matthew 14, 13 through 21. You can write it down. Uh, I'll just tell you, you know, a little story in the back, backdrop. So this is the account where Jesus heard about John's death. Yeah, so, so if you remember John, uh, you know, John was bold. You know, you know, we know he was in the wilderness. He was, you know, repent, repent, right? And so John was bold. So, so the king was in an inappropriate relationship, and John's like, no, that ain't right. <laughs> he ain't let that go. He's like, that ain't right. So, so young ladies uh, uh, had a daughter dance for the king. He says, man, what, what could I give you? When any, anything you want. So he had already spoken out. He was, had to honor his word. Uh, she says, okay, well, no problem. I just want John's head in the charger. So I want you to cut John's head off and put it on a plate. And so he felt bad, but he had already... Uh, gave his word before everybody. So basically took John's head off. Jesus hears about it, right? And so he hears about John's death. If you start to read after that, right after that, he, 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 he went to feeding folk. He, right after that is when he fed the uh, 5,000 people. It says 5,000 people. We weren't talking about the, the, the women and children, but it says 5,000, you know, 5,000 men. Um, he fed 5,000 or more people healing and food. This is after he heard about John. So the next thing he did was to go out and feed, not get depressed. I can't believe this happened. It ignited him to go feed, and that's how we have to operate. See, because our, in our life, God is looking for us to return to producing fruit, right? The Scripture tells us to be uh, fruitful, uh, Multiply and replenish. That's our design. That's feeding all day. Fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth. Keep feeding. Just like I said, with, you know, I give away the trees, that seed, and I come back and there's more. It's constantly replenished. But as God's constantly replenishing us, we're constantly replenishing others, right? And so let's look here at John 15. Because he wants us to start producing fruit. So there's constantly people growing and, and, and disciples popping up in and around our lives. 
There's constant people walking through the doors because, you know, they've been fed. It created an appetite for the kingdom of God, and they're drawn into the kingdom, right? Uh, because we're living to feed. So John 15, 5, we, we talked about this the other day, one of my favorite scriptures. It says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, look, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. And the thing about fruit is fruit is for other people to partake of. So you shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, bringing forth fruit in your season, right? It says, whatsoever you do, you'll prosper in Psalm 1, 1 through 3. All right, but so if I'm a tree and I'm producing fruit, and we've talked about this here before, an orange tree doesn't eat its own oranges, right? So it's all about feeding others. It's for other people to partake of. So if I'm a tree planted by the rivers of water, which I'm plugged into God, my roots are plugged into God, I'm bringing forth fruit. It's all about others. It's not even about my shine. So I was talking to a friend of mine. He's a, he's a, a budding actor. I won't say his name, but I said that. So, you, so when he's watching this, he know I, I'm giving him props for what he said. So he, he shared something with me today that I didn't know. And I'm going to study it more, so I'm going to share it again. But he said he realizes that in his life, you know, because he's been behind the scenes for a while. He's been going through this process for about 11 years. But he just got a couple of good, you know, movies he's going to be in. And so he was saying, um, he says, man, I'm a, chi- I'm a Chinese bamboo tree. He says, I know I'm a Chinese bamboo tree. And I said, so, so when he's talking, he said, man, I studied it out. The Lord told me I was a Chinese bamboo tree. He said, he said, for the first five years, the bamboo tree is invisible. He said, because it grows down. For five years, it grows down. You don't even know it's growing. He says, but then when it breaks through, it says almost overnight it can grow 65 to 95 feet, almost overnight. But it spends all that time behind the scenes. And so, so when you're designed to feed, for a while nobody probably won't see you. Because the more you give out, you, you could be like that Chinese bamboo tree. You could be growing down. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You, look, you could be getting buried. So your foundation is so solid. When you do grow, um, it won't be temporary, right? So, so, so you're not going to lose by feeding. That's, I, I emphasize that. Um, so as you, you're bringing forth mo- much fruit, and people are partaking of the fruit. See, somebody taking fruit away, it looks like you're losing out. You know what I'm saying? You produce something and somebody takes it, it looks like you're losing out. Look at verse 8. It says, Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so that you may be my disciples. But the scripture says when, when that fruit is taken away, when you produce fruit, it's purged so you can bring forth more fruit or much fruit. You read through the whole John 15, right? So let's return to our design. And of course, our design is to feed. So as we talked about, we talk about a lot here, Matthew 6.33, seek ye first the kingdom of God, right? Kingdom work first. Well, I could say this, feed the sheep first. Feed, let's return to feeding the sheep first. Feeding the sheep first, right? So Jesus, uh, Jesus, you know, was processing through his design. You know, I, I, I watch his life, and I watch he would walk by. He was like, hey, listen, I'm not here to do my will. I'm here to do the will of the Father. Uh, these words I'm saying, it's not my words. It's the words of the Father. You know, the things that he gives me, I'm saying to you. It's the Father, the Father, the Father. Before he do something, he loved Father, is it okay to do this? He do that. Father, I need to feed them. He feed that. Everything was to, to reflect the Father. It wasn't about 
um, drawing attention to him. The scripture says in Philippians 2, he gained no reputation for himself. And so, so when you read through John chapter 17, and Jesus starts talking about, um, uh, let's see, John, we're not that far away. We're in 16, John 17. Start at verse 4. It says, uh, I have glorified thee on the earth, and I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self and with, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. Look, it said, I have manifested thy name, thy honor unto men, which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me. And they have kept thy word. Remember, we talked about Isaiah 55. He's feeding us the word. He says, they have kept thy word. Now, now they have known that all things whatsoever thou has given, key word, given me, are of thee. For I have given unto them. So, look, Jesus said, you gave stuff to me. You fed me. I have given unto them. I fed them the words which thou gavest me. <laughs> If freely you gave to me, I freely gave to them. And they have received them and have known surely that I came out from thee. Uh, they have believed that thou didst send me. I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, um, for they are thine. And all mine are thine. And thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to thee, Holy Father. Keep uh, through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, right, that they may be one as we are one. It says, while I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those thou gavest me, I kept, and none of them, key word is lost, but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. So, here Jesus is breaking this down. I fed them what you fed me, right? I lost none of them. What he's saying when he says he lost none of them, he's saying they are fully nourished and ready. What he's saying is they, see, remember when they, the nets didn't break? The nets didn't break, that means they were ready to handle feeding the souls that, were, that needed to come into the kingdom. So, he says, oh, no, they're fully ready. He says they, they, they're nourished up, so I fed them their nourishment they need, and they're ready to feed others, right? And so, I mean, I, I think about this like even, you know, so many scriptures like when, when uh, Daniel, and uh, they were trying to feed Daniel them what they called the king's meat. So they knew that for us to benefit from these lives of these Hebrew kids, we have to nourish them so they'll be strong enough and wise enough and alert enough to handle pressure. Then he said, no, 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 just feed us like vegetables, man. We good. He says, if we don't show that we, we're, uh, we're healthy or stronger than anybody else, you can feed us something else. And so, so it still was about proper nourishment to have clarity, to have insight, to, to have want to. Because some of us drag because we don't, you know, um, we have poor diets, right? But, but I, I was thinking through Jesus saying, I am the bread of life. Right? So, so his whole design was to be what it would take to feed people. I am the bread of life. Basically, what he was saying is I live to feed. I live to feed. 
right? So let's look here at uh, John 6. Uh, we're going to read 26 through 30, 27 through 36. And again, I'm going to read it out of the Amplified. John 6, 27 through 36. It says, uh, Stop toiling and doing, stop toiling and doing and producing for the food that perishes and and decomposes in the using, but strive and work to produce rather for the lasting food which endures continually unto eternal life. See, again, he's talking about feeding, he's talking about food, right? He says, uh, until, until, I'm sorry. which endures continually into, unto life eternal. The Son of Man will give, furnish you that, for God the Father has authorized and certified him to put his seal endorsement upon him. Uh, they then said, Why are we, uh, what are we to do that we may habitually be working the works of God, living the feed? It says, what are we to do to carry out what God requires? Jesus replied, this is the work or service that God asks of you, that you believe in the one whom he has sent and that you cleave to, trust, rely on, and have faith in his messenger. Therefore, they said unto him, what sign, miracle, wonder, work will you perform then so that we may see it and believe and rely on it and adhere to you? What supernatural work have, have you to show what you can do. Our forefathers ate the manna in the wilderness. Again, it's talking about food. As the scripture says, he gave them bread out of heaven to eat. He fed them from heaven. Jesus then said unto them, I assure you most solemnly, I tell you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven. What Moses gave you was not the bread from heaven, but it was my father who gives you the the true heavenly bread. For the bread of God is he who comes down of heaven and gives life to the world. So the whole nourishment is about life, right? Then he said to him, Lord, give us this bread always, all the time. Like, like feed us all the time. Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never be hungry. And he who believes in me, cleaves to, trusts in, relies on me, will never thirst anymore at any time. But as I told you, although you have seen me, still you do not believe and trust and have faith. So here he's breaking down we're designed to feed, but he's breaking down the nourishment we're designed to feed. And the nourishment we're designed to feed is the bread of life. And that's obviously that's the word. We talked about it in Isaiah 55, how that word comes down. And so, so if we live to feed and we're given and, and we, we consume ourselves, you know, uh, if, his word, if, if, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask what you will and shall be done unto to you, John 15, 7. If we're consuming ourselves with the word, if we, uh, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, right? And we beheld him, the only begotten of the Father, uh, John 1, 14. But the word became flesh so the flesh could become the word. The word became flesh so flesh could become the word. So if you think about Jesus being a word and he's saying, I am the, I'm the bread of life, I live I lived to feed. Like, like there's nothing in Jesus that thought about himself. There's, you know, there's nothing in Jesus that in his design was, was about him. It was all about feeding, constantly feeding, 
feeding what you need. And he was so wise in how he operated. Jesus didn't even react to um, uh, circumstances like we did. I have a message coming up, anxious for nothing, but but he did not like. If you, if you read through, when he found out that 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 uh, it was Lazarus, he found out Lazarus was going to die. Read his reaction. Like Jesus and Lazarus is going to die. Gotta go. Like like it, it said he stayed where he was at for two days. <laughs> he stayed where he was at for two days. They said, man, he's sick. He's about to die. See see. He was so consumed with what was needed and then so full of life in the word, like, he, he just didn't, didn't respond to circumstances. See, feeding is not about circumstances, it's about obedience. And uh, uh, so I already told you about with John, he, he goes out, <laughs> the guy gets his head cut off, he feeding, he got time to feed 5,000 people. <laughs> See, see uh, there's so many accounts, and, and when I t- do the teaching, I'll give you all, all the accounts. So many different accounts. Jesus didn't respond the same way because he was consumed with what's actually needed at the time, what's going to actually nourish you. You know how you, uh, we have, uh, so, so, and I'm not being critical, I'm just for perspective. Uh, I'm going to call it, it's, it's my line, I came up with it, the coffee achievers. I call them the coffee achievers. So I call coffee shoes people that, you know, they, 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 they live their life off of coffee. Um, so it's not trying to put nobody down, but just work with me here. But the reality is coffee is not your friend, right? You know, it, it actually uh, uh, breaks down your adrenal glands and stuff like that. So it does get you on an a initial high, but it's not really, there's, there's something happening on the inside that you don't realize. You know, so it's the opposite of the Chinese bamboo tree, <laughs> right? There's a lot on the outside. So, but something tells you, and I've heard people say this, oh, I need my coffee. I can't even start my day without my coffee. But in reality, you don't really need the coffee. You need what it takes to keep your adrenaline up and keep your natural energy up. That's what you need. And so, 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 so and I, I use that parallel just for this point. Okay, so I had athletes, and they would, they would try to get uh, Coke or something, sugar. It was like before the game. And when I was in the corrections, I, and I coached that team, they would, they would show up at the game with sugar packets from the cafeteria, like packs of sugar packets, and right before, see them in the locker room before the game, they do the sugar packets, right? Because it's like, hey, you know, it's like, Mr. Bradley, I need energy, I need energy. I was like, y'all don't understand, like, you you cheating. I said, I, you guys going to be good for maybe the first quarter, maybe going to the second quarter. Well, by the time we get to, by the time the game starts going, you're going to crash like this. I said, that's not sustaining energy. And so this is what I'm saying. So in our life, Christ was showing us that everything we think we need is not what we need. Like just because the, the circumstance may dictate something. But you notice Jesus didn't respond based on the circumstances. He responded based on the actual nourishment that was needed at the time. And Jesus considered the whole picture, not just the distraction. He always did what was best for the whole picture, right? And so, so as we're, we're moving to a place where God is kind of positioning us to feed, um, you know, we want to become the word and consume ourselves with that bread of life. So that's what our flow is. 
You know, not, I got this new revelation. Okay, so let's, so I, I use me. So I'm studying stuff all the time. I get insight, different revelation all the time. But it's really not about what revelation I know. And nobody heard that. And keeping it real, I might not have gone deep enough to see that there's another angle of the revelation I didn't know. I remember when I was young, I taught on uh, Abraham being a possessor of heaven and earth. And that's not what the scripture said. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I, I taught it. And I remember people running around the church. And this is youth. They falling out all over the place. It was probably somebody come, one of my friends came and he's here to service. He was like, man, man, you came with that. I never even heard that revelation. Man, it was powerful. He said, man, I, I ain't never really heard you preach because it was youth. He just was just coming to show up to support. And I read later, because I, you know, I kept studying. I'm always trying to learn. I was like, that's not what the scripture says. You see, you know, that's not what it says. You know, I didn't give them the right nourishment, right? And so, so this is, so it's not even about what we discover at the time. It's about what God wants people to get uh, to meet their needs. First Peter f- uh, 5, 2 and 3. First Peter 5, 2 and 3. Again, we're designed to feed. We're designed to feed. Not for greed, right? Not for greed. All right, so 1 Peter uh, 5, 2 and 3. It says, uh, shepherd and guide and protect the flock of God among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, right? And that's what I was talking about earlier, circumstances and things of that nature, but voluntarily according to the will of God and not motivated for shameful gain, but with wholehearted enthusiasm. Not lording over those assigned to your care. Remember, we talked about leading, not lording, right? Uh, Do not be arrogant and overbearing. It says, but be examples of Christian living to the flock. Set a pattern of integrity for your congregation, right? Set a pattern of integrity. Uh, King James Version says, feed the flock of God, which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock. And so, so we're designed to feed, but we're designed to be example and represent the stuff that we're feeding. So Matthew 9, uh, 936. Again, I'm going to read it out of the Amplified. Matthew 936. It says, when he saw the crowds, he was moved with compassion and had pity on them. It says, because they were dispirited and distressed. Look, like sheep's without a shepherd. So he's, you know, so the other scripture tells us shepherd the flock, guide the flock, feed the flock, you know, make sure they, they, they get the nourishment they need, they're in a position they need, and they're protected, right? And he said, you know, when Jesus showed up and he was in situations where he saw that, man, there's people that's been assigned in this earth realm to, uh, to shepherd, to lead, and to feed people, but he recognized, man, these people are without nourishment. They're without a constant feeding. They're without people shepherding them, guiding them, and feeding them. In Jeremiah 3.15, it says, uh, Then in the final time I will give you spiritual shepherds after my own heart who will feed you with knowledge and true understanding. Who will feed you knowledge and true understanding. You know, not their own understanding, not just uh, with eloquence and being good orators, but give people what they need to have their nourishment so they could produce the fruit that they're designed to produce in their lives, right? Uh, That may be too much right now. 
And so the scripture tells us in, uh, in, in uh, Matthew 6.11, give us this day our daily bread. Right? Give us this day our daily bread. So, so it, 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 you know, that's a part of the Lord's Prayer, to reading through, all, through the whole Matthew. And my wife always used the parallel of uh, uh, manna. You know, remember they had the manna in the wilderness. And so there was a, 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 a period of time where, okay, you got manna up to this period of this, this time, and then you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna have a fast period. And then when you have the fast, during the fast period, like don't anticipate the fast period and store up the manna. You know, like, like save it up. You know, just eat, eat what's convenient for you, and trust me, I'll take care of you. But, you know, you have some people that try to save some for later. You know, like now, later, eat some now, save some for later. And, and when they came back that next morning, it was rotten. But, it, but, but my wife uses that to parallel to give us this day our daily bread to, like, like uh, what is it, uh, feed me food convenient for me. We read that in, in Proverbs 30, uh, 8, 8, 9. It, it keeps us in a connection with God. So, so, so it's almost like if we're the hose plugged up to the water and got the water turned on. You know, I don't know if you have hoses plugged up and you keep the water turned on. The water's turned on, but the hose is not always, water's not coming out. But when you squeeze it, 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 it pulls on the water that's already in, in the tube. So what it's saying is stay connected. It's staying connected to the source. Um, it's saying keep getting fed so you always have the ability to feed. Like you always have the ability to feed, not, you know, um, oh, uh, I got enough from God today. It's really impacting my life. I'm good from here. No, you're constantly spending time with God to get your daily bread because you're designed to feed. So I'm designed to be nourished by God daily so I can be ready to feed others daily, Right? So I'm, I'm just going to jump off there. I just wanted to set the foundation of what we're going to talk about for the, maybe the next week or so before we get into fast week coming up here. What, what's, I guess fast week is two weeks. Yeah, in a couple weeks here. All right, so give me some thoughts about what stood out for you as we were talking about being designed to feed. 